bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. We got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these big signals and messages. He doesn't have a bipartisan bill. Nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Nefogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, July 16, 2013. This week, I begin with important information for tax credit professionals who want to express their support for the loan housing tax credit and the new market tax credit, this in the context of tax reform. From there, in our low-income housing tax credit segment, I'll discuss a survey that's being conducted by the Community Development Department at the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank, a survey about the current state of the low-income housing tax credit program throughout the entire 8th Federal Reserve District. I'll also discuss the priorities that the FHA will use when issuing commitments in the coming months, this in light of the news that it anticipates exhausting its fiscal year 2013 commitment authority before the end of its fiscal year, which is September 30th. Then, in our new market tax credit section, I'll share information about state new market tax credits, including the fourth round of state new market tax credits recently awarded in the state of Ohio. I also extend an invitation for public participation in the new market tax credit working group's efforts. And finally, in our historic tax credit discussion, I'll share news of a new co-sponsor on legislation to permanently extend enhanced tax incentives for conservation easements. These enhanced tax incentives are scheduled to expire at the end of this year. I also have a reminder about a deadline to submit nominations for the historic rehabilitation awards. So if you're ready, let's get started. In general news, as regular listeners will recall, Last month, Senate Finance Committee Chairman Max Baucus, along with Ranking Member Orrin Hatch, proposed a blank slate approach as a starting point for tax reform. Under such a plan, the Senate Finance Committee would begin its deliberations about tax reform with a tax code devoid of all tax expenditures, including all tax credits. Senators have until July 26th to submit proposals that they think should be considered or included in the drafting of a tax reform bill. Senators Box and Hatch say they'll give special attention to proposals that are bipartisan. Each tax expenditure, and more particularly for this podcast, each tax credit, will only be added back to the code if enough senators make a compelling case for it. As such, supporters of the low-income housing tax credit and the new market tax credit are circulating a sign-on letter urging the Senate to include the low-income housing tax credit and new market tax credit in the reform tax code. Affordable housing and community development supporters are encouraged to sign on to the organizational support letter by tomorrow. That's Wednesday, July 17th. A link to the sign-on letter can be found online at www.newmarketscredits.com or www.taxcredithousing.com. Also, links to additional resources that you can use to demonstrate the tangible beneficial results of these programs, as well as the historic tax credit and renewable energy tax credits, can be found on my blog at novogradic.wordpress.com. 
This letter writing effort is a very important part of continuing to work with the Senate as they begin drafting some form of tax reform. That said, it is currently unclear how many senators will actually submit written suggestions by the July 26 deadline. Many senators are giving serious consideration to not submitting any written comments. As we think about the development and advancement of tax reform, it's also useful to review the congressional calendar. So let's look at it. Upcoming on August 2nd, the August recess begins. We have three weeks between now and the August recess. It's also important to think about what's going to happen when Congress returns after Labor Day from the congressional recess. Sometime between that date and October, the Treasury Department will have likely exhausted its extraordinary measures and will hit the debt ceiling. So some sort of debt ceiling agreement will have to happen either before or after September 30th. And I say September 30th because that's when the fiscal year ends for the federal government. So there needs to be some sort of a budget or continuing resolution before October 1st to avoid a government shutdown. I also would like to note that once Congress does come back after the August or Labor Day recess, so they'll come back after Labor Day, there's only 10 weeks of legislative sessions left. And there's, within those 10 weeks, there are about 39 full or partial days available on the House calendar. As such, the days and weeks are getting shorter and shorter that are left this year to actually do any serious tax reform. In low-income housing tax credit news, last week, the Kentucky Housing Corporation and the Tennessee Housing Development Agency shared an announcement from the Community Development Department at the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. The announcement was about a survey that may be of interest to listeners. First, some background. The Community Development Department at the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank is responsible for promoting community and economic development, primarily in low and moderate income communities, this throughout the 8th Federal Reserve District. So what areas are included? Well, the 8th Federal Reserve District includes portions of Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, and all of the state of Arkansas. The Community Development Department at the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank is conducting the survey to establish a base of data on the current state of the low-income housing tax credit program throughout the 8th Federal Reserve District. The survey comprises 25 questions and was developed with input from state housing finance agencies, housing developers, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis Community Development Specialists, and others. All survey responses are anonymous, and the survey is currently open, but it will close next Monday, July 22nd. The bank says it intends to share this data with key stakeholders and conduct future research based on these important findings. A report of the survey findings will be available on the Community Development website at www.stlouisfed.org. We'll also report on the results in a future podcast. In more immediate financing news, HUD recently announced how the Federal Housing Administration, or the FHA, will prioritize the use of its Mortgage Insurance Commitment Authority. Why do they need to prioritize? Because they're facing funding shortfalls. HUD said that FHA has to prioritize its commitments because it anticipates exhausting 
its 2013 commitment authority of $25 billion before the end of its September 30th fiscal year. The multifamily hubs and program centers stopped issuing commitments on July 12th. I will note, though, that firm commitments made through that date will be honored. In a letter on June 28th, HUD wrote that as of July 15th, the Office of Multifamily Housing Programs will prioritize the following categories in descending order. Number one, multifamily transactions in Hurricane Sandy-affected areas. They get the first priority. Second, other affordable housing transactions. This category includes risk-share loans, affordable multifamily new construction and substantial rehabilitation, affordable multifamily projects under Section 223F, as well as affordable multifamily refinance projects under Section 221A7. And then third in the priority chain, market rate transactions. This would be multifamily new construction and substantial rehab, multifamily market rate financing under Section 223AF, as well as multifamily market rate under 223F. FHA will authorize issuance of firm commitments on a first-come, first-served basis in accordance with these above-stated priorities. To learn more about the new priorities, I'd encourage you to visit Novogratz HUD Resource Center at www.hudresourcecenter.com. In new market tax credit news, I'll start with a state-level update from Ohio, where the Ohio Development Services Agency recently announced recipients of the fourth round of Ohio State New Market Tax Credits. Congratulations are in order to four recipients. The Finance Fund, they'll receive $2 million in tax credits for a minimum of $5.1 million in investment. Finance Fund service area is the entire state of Ohio. Also, Cincinnati Development Fund, they'll receive $3 million in tax credits. That's a minimum of $7.6 million in investments, and that's going to be focused on the city of Cincinnati. Also, Development Fund of the Western Reserve, they received $2 million in tax credits for a minimum of $5.1 million in investments with a service area of eight, that includes 18 counties in Northeast Ohio. And then there's Dayton Region New Market Fund. They received $3 million in tax credits for a minimum of $7.6 million in investments. Ohio is one of 14 states that currently have a state New Market Tax Credit Program. Furthermore, state-level new market tax programs have also been proposed in half a dozen or so other states in recent years. These programs have continued to grow in popularity in recent years as a way to attract investments to the states that have them by building on the success of the federal new market tax credit program. You can learn more about state new market tax credit programs online at www.newmarketscredits.com. In other new market tax credit news, I'd like to remind listeners that in addition to welcoming new members throughout the year, the New Market Task Credit Working Group also considers input from non-members when they draft comment letters, recommended practices, and other content. In case you're not familiar with the New Market Task Credit Working Group, it works to resolve technical, regulatory, and administrative NMTC program issues and provide recommendations to make the New Market Task Credit even more efficient in delivering benefits to qualified active low-income community businesses. If you're interested in participating, there's still time to join the group before our next conference call, which is currently scheduled for Tuesday, August 20th. Or, if you're not a member but you'd like to submit comments for the group's consideration, simply go 
to www.nmtcworkinggroup.com and click on the link that says Public Input. In historic tax credit news, last week, Senator Jack Reed of Rhode Island signed on as a co-sponsor to legislation to permanently extend certain enhanced tax incentives for conservation easements. These enhanced tax incentives are currently scheduled to expire at the end of this year. Conservation easements are sometimes used in connection with historic tax credit developments. Senator Baucus originally introduced the provision along with Senator Chuck Grassley back in 2006. It has been extended three times since its enactment, but it is scheduled to expire at the end of 2013. As regular listeners may recall, Senators Max Baucus and Orrin Hatch introduced legislation to permanently extend these provisions earlier this year. The legislation is the Rural Heritage Conservation Act of 2013, or Senate Bill 526. The bill would make permanent the ability of individual taxpayers to claim conservation easement deductions of up to 50% of their adjusted gross income. Without the extension, the limit would be 30%. For corporations, the bill would make permanent the ability of corporations to claim deductions in excess of 10% of taxable income. We'll continue to track the bill's progress and keep you updated in future podcasts. Also, I'd like to let you know that the Journal of Tax Credits is still asking for nominations for historic rehabilitation awards. However, there are only a few days left. The Journal of Tax Credit Historic Rehabilitation Awards were created to recognize excellence and honor outstanding achievement in rehabilitation developments that use the historic tax credit. To be eligible, a tax credit project should have been placed in service in 2012 or 2013 and had a meaningful and major impact on its community or demonstrated financial innovation or overcome significant obstacles in its development. The deadline to submit a nomination for this year's round of awards is this Friday, July 19th. You can learn more and submit your nomination online at www.historictaxcredits.com. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novoco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.